You're listening to the Goodbye July podcast, episode number seven. Do you want to get to a point where investing in passive income are incorporated into your financial strategy? If so, you'll need to have some extra money left over each month after paying all your expenses. And while I'm all for cutting out expenses you don't need, an even better way to have leftover money each month is to increase your income while lowering your expenses or keeping your expenses the same. See, you can only lower your expenses so much, but your income potential is essentially uncapped, so there's a lot more room for growth in terms of making additional money when compared to simply cutting back and saving money. So if you haven't listened to episodes five and six yet, be sure to check them out because they're all about specific strategies you can use to be paid what you're worth, and today we're going to deep dive into a certain piece of the strategy, which is employer benefits. And if you're like, okay, this episode isn't for me because my job doesn't offer benefits, then stay with me because I'll also go through how you can use your situation to negotiate a higher pay rate, even if benefits are not currently on the table for you. So today we'll be going through how you can use your benefits package or lack thereof as a negotiation point to increase your pay. I'll take you through the specific items I used the last time I did this. And I'll explain how I secured a raise that was four times higher than the national average. And listen, I have to level with you here. This episode is not for the faint of heart because doing this exercise is high effort, but let me just tell you, it can truly be high reward. So if you're serious about getting a pay increase, then this episode is absolutely for you. But if any time you start to feel overwhelmed, just take a deep breath, pause, and rewind as much as you need to. And refer to the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 007 for a helpful visual you can follow along with. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar, and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine to five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. This episode of the Goodbye July Podcast is sponsored by PeerGrade Supplements. PeerGrade is the all-natural supplement line that I use to get clear-minded, stay energized, feel great, and make every day as effective and efficient as possible. PureGrade is offering 10% off exclusively for Goodbye July listeners. Just go to puregradesupplements.com and use the code GOODBYEJULY at checkout to get started and get your mind and body back today. Just real quick before we get started, I have something for you that you are going to love. It's a free resource on budgeting, and I know, I know, budgeting may not feel like the most exciting topic, but it is the number one way to start on your path to mastering your money. There's no getting around it. It's just one of those things you have to do in order to move forward. But I've created a template that makes it much less painful, and once you fill it out once, the hardest part's over. 
Next month, you'll only have to fill in a few of the blanks rather than create it from scratch. Seriously, don't put it off. It's not as bad as you think. And honestly, the longer you wait, the harder it will be later. So go get your free template today at jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. Again, that's jessicatoller.com slash what's my budget. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. A subject that is near and dear to my heart is mental health. It's something I think we should all talk about more often and reduce the stigma around. This past weekend marked World Suicide Prevention Day, and it reminded me of a company that I used to work for that, in my opinion, did a really great job prioritizing mental health and wellness at work. At the time, it was just becoming more socially acceptable to talk about mental health, and Cisco, the company I was working for, really did that in a big way. Often at big company meetings, they spoke about mental health and taking care of yourself, and they also walked the walk by giving their employees access to 10 free counseling sessions per year. This changed my life in a big way, but I'll be sharing more on that in episode 11, so stay tuned for more. But from that point onward, I knew that in any job I worked for afterward, I'd be looking for mental health care as part of their benefits package. Which raises the question, do you know what benefits your company offers? Before hearing about free counseling sessions on one of the company calls, I really didn't know much about my benefits package, and I was honestly pretty surprised to learn that Cisco offered that because I hadn't heard of employers providing anything like that before. So I started digging through their online portal to see what else I had access to as their employee. I learned a lot, and when I decided to leave Cisco, the company I was interviewing with offered me a 22% raise. However, I leaned heavily on my existing benefits package at Cisco to counteroffer and ultimately receive a 40% pay increase. I'll walk you through exactly what I did, but first I want to point out a couple of things. The numbers I just mentioned are specific to base pay only. The percentages fluctuate depending on what all is considered. For example, when I add in the bonuses I received at each company, the pay increase is closer to 43%. And if you add in stock, insurance, cell phone plans, etc., which we'll talk about in a bit, each of those will alter that percentage. So to keep things simple and just give us a line in the sand for this episode, that 40% pay increase is just when comparing the base pay I received at one company to the base pay I received at the next company that I switched to. This keeps things apples to apples in terms of comparison. Now, based on an article by LinkedIn in September of 2022, The current tight labor market and inflation gave job switchers an annual salary bump of 8.5% in July, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. It's the largest median pay increase for job switchers in two decades. Another article by Forbes states that that statistic is nearly 10%. So regardless of how they're each calculating this metric, you can see that although pay increases for job switchers is at a two-decade high, I was able to land a raise that was four times higher than that average, and a lot of it had to do with my counteroffer, which was mostly based on my benefits package. So let's jump into that because I truly believe that if you're willing to do the work, you can use your benefits package, or lack thereof, as a key negotiation point in landing a significantly higher pay raise. Before you do anything else, you'll need to know what your current benefits are, and you'll need to quantify them. It's strange, but despite its importance, I feel like many of us, myself included, didn't really make time for this very critical piece of the financial puzzle. For me, benefits were sort of this out of sight, out of mind thing. It was never top of mind because I was so busy trying to just do a good job at work. 
But then I realized one of the reasons I was trying to do a good job at work was to make sure I was positioned well to continue to get salary increases. And it dawned on me that my benefits package was actually a key piece in my total compensation. My friend Kristen has been in HR for years, and I have to give credit where credit is due because she's the one who taught me a lot of this, including the term total compensation, which in layman's terms just means all of the different types of monetized benefits that you receive. So total compensation extends beyond just your base pay. It includes your base pay plus any other monetized benefits such as paid time off, health insurance, and more. So I made a spreadsheet, and if you're not spreadsheet savvy, don't let this scare you off. You can just make a list if that's more your style. But I made a spreadsheet of every single benefit I was currently receiving. And if you know me, you know I'm detail-oriented. So when I say every benefit, I mean every benefit. If you're not naturally into the details, I encourage you to try to be for this exercise because it can pay off in a big way. For me, it paid off 4x higher than the national average. And again, I credit it to this exercise. If you're not sure where to start, reach out to someone in HR at your job. If you don't know who that person is, ask your manager. Just tell them you're trying to get a better feel for your benefits package and they can point you in the right direction. Many companies have a portal, which can sometimes be hard to find, but once you find it, most of the information is all there in one place. Now, if you do not receive benefits at your job, You'll want to do some research on the typical benefits your industry offers and or other companies in your industry that are offering benefits and figure out what those benefits are. So say you're an assistant in Austin, Texas. You could do an online search for typical benefits for an assistant in Austin, Texas 2022 or employers offering benefits to an assistant Austin, Texas 2022. Play with your search terms as you need to, but the goal is to find out either what's standard for your industry or if no benefits are typical for your job type, to find an employer in your industry that does offer benefits and write down what those benefits are. Okay, I told you I was detail-oriented, so now I'm going to tell you the list of benefits I wrote down and considered, which I used to negotiate higher salary. You can copy my list or use it to find inspiration for your own. There are 21 items, and here they are base salary, bonus. Do they offer a 401k? Do they offer a 401k match? Holidays, employee stock purchase program, health savings account, employee assistance program, vacation, maternity leave. Do they pay for my cell phone? Medical insurance, dental insurance, vision insurance, life insurance, spousal life insurance, AD&D insurance, long-term disability, critical illness for the employee, spousal critical illness, and total benefits taken out of my paycheck per month. Phew. If you feel overwhelmed, you're not alone. Like I said, I love the details and just reading through that list even makes me feel overwhelmed. So let's just take a deep breath for a moment. Feel better? I know I do. Now remember, this may feel like an obnoxiously intricate process, but let me remind you that it can be worth it if you're willing to wade through all these details. So once I wrote down all of the benefits that I was currently receiving at Cisco, next to each of them, I summarized as succinctly as possible what I was currently getting for each. So things like base salary and 401k match are pretty straightforward. They're just a number and a percentage. But once you get down to some of the insurance items, these can be a bit more complicated. 
For those items, just try to pick kind of the top three to five things within each that really matter to you and your life circumstances. For example, when I looked at my medical coverage, I thought about my current health situation. I'm relatively young and pretty healthy, and I don't take any regular prescriptions. So really, the only time I would need to use my medical insurance would be either in the event of a big emergency or if I was sick with something that required a prescription like antibiotics, which doesn't happen very often. So the three things I wrote down to consider in terms of my medical coverage were the deductible amount, the out-of-pocket max, which both of those things would be relevant to me if there was a medical emergency like a car accident or something that would require a large medical bill. So those were the first two things I looked at. And then the third thing I considered was the amount of money that would be taken out of my paycheck each month to go toward my medical insurance, because that affects how much money I was actually going to receive in my bank account every month. If I were to go through this exercise now, my medical considerations would probably look the same, but my dental situation would be a bit more complicated because I now know that I need a dental implant. So I would look a little more closely at the pricing for some of the larger dental surgeries. My point is, Once you get your list of all the benefits you have or should have in your industry, go through each item and for anything that isn't as simple as, say, your base pay, pick out the top three things that are relevant specific to your life situation and use those as your points of comparison. But most importantly, find a way to somehow quantify all of those things because quantifying is what will allow you to more easily compare from employer to employer And it'll give you some numbers to work with when you start to formulate your target number for your pay increase. If you're a visual like me and you'd like to see an example of how I did this, you can look in the show notes for the exact list that I used the last time I switched employers. And you can see how I did the comparisons and quantified everything. That photo is available to you at jessicatoller.com slash 007. The next step is to quantify your potential benefits. And what I mean by this is, if you were going to go get a job somewhere else, what would that benefits package look like? The easiest way to know this for sure is to go interview and get an offer at a new employer. However, I realize not everyone wants to go find a new job. If you do not want to find a new employer, then I advise doing some research into what types of benefits others are receiving in similar roles in your industry. Ask your friends and do an online search for your job role in your city in the current year. Get as many details as you can. Even if you don't plan to find a new job, just play out the scenario as if you were. Once you've received an offer from a new employer or have done the research I mentioned, you'll want to list out your benefits package for your new employer next to the benefits list you worked through in step number one for your current employer. And again, you'll want to quantify them. One thing to note is that if you really are looking for a new employer and you received an offer from them, you'll probably have to go back and forth a bit with your new employer's HR department to get all of your benefits related questions answered because in my experience, a lot of offers give you kind of more of the bird's eye overall view of the benefits and not the specifics, which is what you want. Just let them know you're working to compare your total compensation and that's the reason for all your questions. Most HR folks will totally understand this and they will be happy to help. While this can feel obnoxious, this can actually serve you well because when you make your counter offer, they'll know you've done a ton of research and you're countering based on that data rather than just pulling a number out of thin air. It can also make you appear thorough and like someone who makes decisions based on metrics, which a lot of employers like. 
ask as many questions as you need to, and just make sure to respond back to your new employer's emails within a day or so of receiving them so they're not ever left wondering where things stand with you. And for those of you listening who do not currently have a benefits package, your benefits list for your current employer will just be blank. And you'll put all of the information from your research on your new job offer or your hypothetical new job offer in a second column, which I'm referring to as potential new employer. And again, you can see an example of all of this in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 007. Step three is pretty straightforward, which is to calculate the difference between the benefits at your current employer and your potential new employer line by line to see in which cases you're better off for each item in your benefits package list. In most cases, some items will be better at your current employer and some items will be better at your potential new employer. Once you've calculated the difference of each line item between your current employer and your potential new employer, you're ready to prepare your counter offer or your raise request. So as I talk through this part, I'm really going to speak in terms of someone who is actually looking to switch jobs because that's what I was doing. And I'll be talking through my specific experience and my own example. But if you're looking to stay at your current employer and get a raise, you can still follow this method. The only difference is you'll be working to pull together a raise request instead of a counter offer. And the items you'll use to negotiate your raise request will be based on what you could get by leaving your job and going to work for someone else, even if you don't necessarily plan to. Because I actually was looking to switch jobs, I focused on all of the items where I'd be losing something by switching employers. In my example in the show notes, you'll see that I color coordinated this part. So in my photo, these are the red items because those are the areas in which I could say to the potential new employer, you know, I'll be losing this, this, and this by leaving my current job and coming to work for you. So how can you sweeten up this deal for me? Once you have a list of all of the things you'd gain versus lose by going to work for this new employer, you're going to do three things to prepare for your counter offer. First, you're going to want to add everything up on your benefits list to make sure that you're actually going to be financially better off when you look at the whole entire picture. For example, I was once considering moving jobs, but the new company that I was going to work for wanted me to come to work in person, whereas I had been working from home before. Once I went through this entire exercise and also looked at how much it would cost me to make that commute, I realized even with the pay increase they were offering, I would actually be losing money by going to work for them. So if you make the calculations and realize you'll actually be losing money, pull that amount to the side because you'll want to add that to your counter offer. Number two, make sure that your base pay increase percentage is at least as much as the current rate of inflation and also is at least as much as what other job switchers are getting. You can confirm all of that with a simple internet search. If that's not the case, calculate how much is lacking in the offer and then add that amount to your counter offer request. And number three, go through the items on your benefits list where you would be losing out on something by switching employers and get a grand total. You've worked to quantify all of these things in some way, so it should be pretty simple, but I realize some of the items are a little wonky, so just do the best you can and get as honest of an estimate as you can. You'll notice in my own example in the show notes that the biggest differences when I was moving from one employer to another were around medical insurance. So specifically, if I chose what was called the high insurance plan option at my new employer, I'd be losing about $3,500 per year from my actual paychecks, plus another $1,000 on my HSA, 
So that's $4,500 right there. But more importantly, if I were ever to need to use the maximum benefits on my medical insurance, I'd be losing about $9,500 per year for similar coverage. I also noticed that if I needed to use the maximum benefits on my dental plan, I'd be losing another $1,000 a year, again, for similar coverage. Sure, I won't likely need to use the full benefits on my medical and dental coverage, but think about it. What if I did? That would mean that there's probably some kind of medical emergency, and I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'll be dealing with something as serious and as stressful as a medical emergency, and then realize I'm also losing thousands of dollars because I didn't think to ask for a pay increase to cover this worst case scenario type situation. So when you add up all of those differences, I was going to be losing about $15,000 on the medical and dental insurance front. There were some other differences you'll, you can see in the picture in the show notes where I was very unlikely to need as well, like life insurance, long-term disability, and more. And again, although those differences weren't going to cost me money in the present because they didn't require any money out of my paycheck, think of how terrible it would be if I did need them. It's pretty serious. I mean, in some cases, we would be losing hundreds of thousands of dollars. So in an effort to account for that, I took the $15,000 that I would be losing from the medical and dental front, and I essentially decided to double that and ask for an additional $30,000 to cover it with my counteroffer. But I decided to reduce that number to about $25,000 because it just felt better than the $30,000 ask. It's a psychological thing. Asking even for $29,000 psychologically seems like a lot less than $30,000. And also I felt like the new employer was already offering me a nice base pay increase in other benefits. So I felt comfortable reducing my $30,000 counteroffer to $25,000. And step five is just to make the ask. You know, as you can see, getting your specific counteroffer number nailed down isn't an exact science, so just lean into your actual numbers as much as you can, but when you need to, don't be afraid to make an educated guess as long as you're being honest. I suggest always asking a bit higher because typically the employer will make their own counteroffer coming down a little bit from yours, but if you at least make the counteroffer, even if they counter back, the end result will be higher than their original offer. And that's what happened with me. The new employer would not agree to the additional $25,000 on my base pay that I countered, but they did agree to an additional $15,000. And when you consider the percentage-based annual bonus, that ultimately pushed me above the $25,000 counteroffer that I'd requested, so that way everyone was happy. But how did I actually ask? Let me tell you, despite all the details and all the calculations and math involved in even getting to this point, for me, asking was still the hardest part, but you just got to find it in yourself and you just have to do it. My friend, Kristen, who I talked about earlier, she told me that even though counteroffering may feel so weird to you, people in HR expect that and deal with it all the time. It's not weird to them and it's not going to surprise or offend anyone. So don't let that deter you. Plus it shows confidence can increase perceived value. And the worst they can say is no. And it's really, really unlikely that they're going to rescind their offer. So don't even let your mind go there. The same goes for those of you who are going to ask your current manager for a raise. Chances are you're not the first person to ever ask them for that. And you won't be the last, but you have to do it. You have to actually ask. As Kristen told me, do you want to avoid feeling awkward for one day? Or do you want to get a raise that will affect your finances for years to come? I don't know about you, but I'll take the latter every single time. 
So benefits, whether your employer offers them or not, is a valuable point of negotiation for higher pay if you are willing to put in the effort because this aspect of the negotiation process does require the most heavy lifting. Can it feel like a drag? Yes. Is it a tedious process? Certainly. But is it worth it? In my experience, this exercise resulted in a $15,000 base pay increase, which made me even more money when you considered my percentage-based bonus. So 100%, I think it's worth it. Yes. In between getting the offer, going back and forth with HR on all my benefits-related questions, calculating my counteroffer, and making the ask, it really only took about a week. Yes, it was stressful. Yes, I was tired. But doing this has significantly increased my wealth over time because I was able to keep my expenses the same and put all of that extra money into investments, which have grown and continue to grow. When you make the effort to quantify things, you're essentially turning them into data points and people cannot argue with data, which in my opinion is one of the reasons this approach works so well. So I hope you're willing to put in the effort because there are big rewards to be reaped. Now, if you're on a mission to increase your pay, be sure to check out episodes five and six. Episode five walks you through my free resource, the ultimate make more money starter kit, which will help you make three key decisions and put a specific plan in place in order to get a raise. You'll see the benefits mentioned in there, but it also goes through other things that you can consider and use as negotiation points for a raise as well. I'll link to the ultimate make more money starter kit in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 007 as well. So you can have a quick link to that. And in episode number six, you'll hear about five habits you can adopt right now to stand out at work and position yourself well for the next round of raises and promotions. Before jumping off, I'd like to ask you to do something for me. Do you mind sharing this episode or episodes five or six with a friend who's looking for a new job or trying to get a pay raise? It would really mean the world to me. Just send them the link to this episode and let them know you'd think they'd like it. I want this podcast to help as many people as possible, so be sure to share as much as you can. Thank you so much for joining me today, and until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatolar.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode, and share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.